Discussing Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Discussing Trek. Like always, I'm your host, Clarence, and I'm joined by my fellow co-hosts, Slash Trekkies, starting with none other than the returning Stargate historian, Jeremy Barber. How you doing, man? See, that's the kind of reception I like whenever I come over. <laughs> Just keep that in mind. Um, I'm doing good. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to be doing this again. Also there in the Red Room Studios, we have the Trek story and Jonathan Shorts. How you doing, man? Doing well, man. Greetings. Greetings. Greetings, Earthlings. <laughs> <laughs> glad to be here, man. A little, little, you know, I'm not, don't have a photogenic face, so the video is going to. I don't think any of us do, to be honest. Why do you think I covered my own fur? I don't know. <laughs> Kyle looks like Kyle looks like he's been in a few flicks here lately. He has a, a smile of gold, and that is the who historian, Kyle Jones. How are you doing, dude? Glad to be here. I've gotten a compliment already and haven't said anything, so uh, I'm like flying high. We're glad to have you on the show as well. But we are actually ending our Best of the Doctor series. We're finally here to review Tinker, Tenor, Doctor, Spy as we get ready for the uh, Lower Decks coming this week. I know we're all excited about that, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you. It just really weirds me out where people are like really gung-ho about Lower Decks. I just don't get it. It's, it's, I'm the problem. I'm the problem. You know, I seen a, uh, I was on a, on Twitter and, uh, Paramount Plus or Star Trek, whichever shared a post saying, who's excited for the premiere of Lower Decks? And, you know, I opened the comments because I was expecting to see, like, not me or, but like, people are raving about it. People love that freaking show, man. And I, I personally just don't get it, man. I don't, I don't know what it is. I blame myself. So let me ask you guys, and I'm, we may have asked this question when we were reviewing, but do do any of you, and I'll say I do not, do any of you watch Rick and Morty? I have. I have grown children who like that show, so I've watched it with them. Got you. Yeah, and, and, and for me, I've seen about one season of it. Uh, it's good. I mean, it's enjoyable for it, for what it is, but just... Not my cup of tea. Uh, and it has a lot of the sci-fi elements that everybody, you know, kind of loves in it as well. But I, I I did put this poll out on Twitter that we're looking at here. I said, which Star Trek anime show tickles your fancy? And a very limited sampling size here, but 58.3% <laughs> of the people said they're looking forward to Prodigy. That's the boat I'm in most definitely. So we'll, we'll you see. You know what's more interesting? What's that? <laughs> the same amount of people that's interested in lower decks are the same amount of people that's not interested in any of it. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. But we're going to be pleasantly surprised. That's what's going to happen. There you go, Cal. Bringing in the optimism, man. That, that's, that's, that's what you're here for, sir. I think we can go ahead and get into our review of Star Trek Voyager, Tinker Tenor, Dr. Spy. Tinkerton and Dr. Spy is the fourth episode of the sixth season of Star Trek Voyager. The title is a parody of the famous novel Tinkerton Soldier Spy by John LaCar. The episode was written by Bill Valale, with teleplay by Joe Minoski and directed by John Bruno. An alien race looking to raid Voyager taps into the Doctor's cognitive subroutines to make him their spy, unaware they're watching the Doctor's new daydreaming program. <laughs> Spoilers. Red alert. All hands stand the battle station. What gives you the right? You cannot destroy an idea. At ease before you sprain something. 
And with that, we will go to Cal Jones for the beats of the episode. Sometimes serious, sometimes comedic. You never know. So, you know, I've been a man of few words recently, and I haven't had one that's wordy in a while. So I figured let's just wrap up this sequence with a wordy version. So here we go. Excited I was to return to Delta to see a doctor almost worthy of the thee. Upon my arrival into this Star Trek stream, was my excitement just all a dream? This episode presents themes added to canon and lore, but elements unfortunately began to bore. Alas, it might be of no surprise that this captivated me as much as Enterprise. There are better episodes for the Doctor Almost Thee than the one that I did just see. Breaks we must have when episodes are high, as not every episode should make one cry. But fear not, faithful listeners, and worry not. Because of Voyager and her crew, I shall never tire, even at the glory of the Hierarchy Empire. Hmm. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I don't even know where to begin dissecting that, but <laughs> Cal gave us a lot to think about. So I have a question, Cal. Okay. Did you memorize all of that? <laughs> no, I have it written up on the okay. screen. I have it if you would have memorized that, I would have been very, very impressed. No, 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 no. I, I mean, was I'm still impressed. It. I'm still impressed. Don't get me wrong, but I was like, wow. <laughs> no, I was reading. Well, with that said, let's go ahead and get overall thoughts of the episode. And let's start with our returning crew member. Jeremy, what do you, what do you think, man? Overall thoughts. This is one of the more just sit back and enjoyable episodes of Voyager. If I say any more, it's going to be like jumping into to stuff we'll talk about later on. But this is one of those I can I can always go to, go back and watch and still enjoy it and not have to put too much into it. Okay. Okay. Fair point. Fair point. What about you, John? Um, mm -mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I really love this episode. I really do. But, and I think just kind of, I mean, from what I gather from Cal's Beats, and like, as Jeremy says, it's, it's one of those filler episodes, you know, it's in between a couple of episodes where there's a lot going on and drama is high and you just kind of need a break in the tension, I guess you'd say. Uh, that being said, this is probably one of the funnier episodes <laughs> in the series and the entire episode is pretty much comedy for me. And it's good comedy, you know, it's not. Lower decks comedy. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! But um, it, it it's I, I liked it. I liked it for what it was. Okay, Kyle Jones, can you offer any additional thoughts? Yeah, you know, I will say, contrary to the way it may have come across in me trying to be wordy and funny, I did like the episode. I think where I and this is all on me, not on the episode. I love Voyager so much. It is, other than Discovery, I would say my favorite Star Trek. And I've said this before on here. And because of that, having not seen them in so long, I wanted something meaty. And so I went in with the expectation of I wanted the fights. I wanted Janeway. I wanted, you know, whatever. I do think that there are better Doctor episodes out there other than this. But it is fun. It is different. It is interesting and i get to make fun of the bad people so uh, uh, anyway <laughs> so there you go but yeah not bad all right all right fair enough for me voyager is kind of my first love of star trek i love it so much 
And I just enjoyed spending time with these characters so much. It really didn't matter what they were doing. But that being said, I thought the comedy <laughs> in the episode was quality. You know, I keep saying Michelle Yeoh is a national treasure. Freaking Robert Picardo is a national treasure, man. He's so good. Man. He's so good. <laughs> so just seeing him being able to dive in and do his thing with seemingly no reservations, it was just a beautiful thing to see on screen. And they, they gave us a, you know, a justifiable story reason for why things were going bonkers. I want to compare it to the Stardust City Rag episode from Picard, where we see Picard, you know, put on these characters. And it's not the holodeck, but they're trying to, you know, do a little improvising for the situation. To me, this one works in every way that one failed because I I never bought Picard being this weird guy in that episode. And I know John loves that episode, but I didn't like it. I didn't like it. <laughs> but but here we have the story justification and just seeing everybody so out of character. And and even we'll get into it, but even the points where they're fake acting, you could tell their acting is a little off and it's on purpose. You tell they're doing it on purpose because this is the dream sequence. It kind of reminds me of that episode when Riker gets called on the planet and he's going through the fake play. And you could tell they're kind of acting oh, along. Yeah. yeah. So, I, man, I love this episode. I, I love it. I love it. I love it. But let's let's just talk a bit about the Doctor first. I like the Doctor, and I compare him to some of my favorite characters in the Trek, which are almost always those characters which start with seemingly so little, but they grow throughout the season. To me, the Doctor is the epitome of that. You know, his program is activated. And from the course of the beginning of the season, he uh, beginning of the show, for that matter, he's able to grow and learn new experiences. And that, you know, again, that's the reason why I love this character so much. But I want to ask you guys, like, what do you think of the doctor as just a character? And I want to throw this to, to, to John first. Well, first, let me start by saying uh, and it's just kind of piggybacking off what you say, Clarence. It's these actors are amazing. Like, I I just, and I say this time and time again, when we get in the holodeck episodes and something like this, a dream episode where they have to play something other than what they do on a normal basis, and they do that just as well. Like, how do you do that? Like, how, and you get all of these actors together, not one gives a bad performance. Yeah. You can't say one is a better actor than the other. And that's just amazing. So when you go to Robert Picardo's, as an actor and then he's portraying this character of the doctor like it just it like the doctor character to me is a better character than the others in almost every episode where he features more more than you know five or six minutes like he's his character in voyager always seems to kind of grasp me a little more yeah. his acting like i'm i feel like i focus more on him than I will the others. He's, just he's a scene stealer. He's a scene stealer for sure. Yeah, there you go. And and that and that just every episode you see him in, that's just kind of what it is. I just kind of gravitate to him. Like I want to know what's going to happen and what's going to be next. And number one, number two, as you mentioned, his growth, like from the beginning of the season till we get to this point, and just how he continues to grow. And you forget the key for me is I forget he's a hologram until it's mentioned. Yep. Yep. And you often that's a great part about his character. Like you see his growth as a human growth, not as a program growth. 
Yeah. And that's probably the best part of his character throughout this series. And, and that's a lot what this episode is about as well. So, again, like some of my favorite parts about the episode is some of the, the zaniness and some of the scenes. So we start the episode probably you see this clip posted everywhere. It's probably one of the most memorable scenes from the series, to be honest, even though it's kind of crazy and silly. But you begin with the doctor doing this this speech and then this operatic performance. And we see Tuvok cry and weep and just go <laughs> mad. This this is almost a Bones-esque moment. Murderers! <laughs> he, he, he just went ham on everybody. And, you know, then we have the doctor doing the whole pun for song. And did you guys know? I know we've seen this episode many times, but you have any idea what was going on? I had forgotten that it was a dream sequence. And I was like, is this really happening? I was like, oh, this is kind of cool because he's like playing it and he's keeping Tuvok calm. And I took myself out of it whenever um, Janeway was doing the Bravo. I was like, okay, this can't be real. This has to be holodeck or something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> well, certainly. You know, it it, it kind of threw me for a loop when I first seen it because we go through a Pumfari episode previous to this i don't remember exactly where it is so that like i'm look i'm watching it and i'm like man this may really be happening yeah but like as kyle says the the response to the the doctor fixing the situation like that response then let me know wait a minute something's not right and also we go from in even some some in this series you talk about the previous Tuvok episode where Pumfar is so secret and hush hush <laughs> to where we're like making a joke of it you know it's just like totally flipped from what we've we've seen in the past so I, you know it was, it was all in good fun so we we learned that the doctor is having a, a daydream which we get this look from Balana like what what you're daydreaming <laughs> you know like he's not supposed to be doing that and we're going to keep coming back to this this point they made early on of the doctor was supposed to go on this away mission and he wants to become more of a part of the crew and he feels like he's mistreated. And I'll, I'll throw this to you, Jeremy, like what is what is your feelings on the doctor's treatment over the years? Has he been mistreated or he is a program? He should stay in his place. I mean, what what, what are your thoughts on that? Now, early on, he was there. Was, I can't remember the character's name, but I just he had a very punchable face. <laughs> um, he was part of a security detail who was who like refuses to speak to the doctor if he spoke to Kess. Yeah, I remember. Oh, yeah. Shelby, yeah. I think it was. I don't, I don't remember. Like I just, that, yeah. you know, every time I saw him, I just wanted to give him a good old smack. <laughs> but, you know, so, so to, that, to that effect, he's right. But some of that he brings along himself. In just this crappy bedside manner. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of, I mean, it's kind of a, kind of a 50, 50 there. Yeah. I mean, when you meet, like if you meet one of those people, that's very, I guess the word will be arrogant. Yeah. yeah. Like, and you just kind of, when they're, when they're putting that vibe off your like reaction, <laughs> unconscious reaction is to kind of push them back down. Like, yeah. you yeah. think you're all that? No, you're not. No, you're not. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that's kind of what happened early on with the doctor is like he just kind of had that superiority about him <laughs> and everybody's like 
you're just a program, dude. You need to realize that. <laughs> yeah. And like, like you said, he brought it on himself most of the time. But think of it from this perspective, and I'm not taking up for the ones that were treating him badly, but in normal circumstances for which that hologram was built, that hologram was never turned on for one thing. And number two, right. if he was turned on, it was only for a certain small period of time. Right. Never for this is the soul. You never had that mix of variables that it could be left on indefinitely yeah. and the only it means was, it was used as an emergency not as a yeah. permanent as a tool yeah yes yeah photons be free but as he became more <laughs> sentient he became oh. more well aware of his uh, of his sentience and yes he did kind of play on that a bit he, you know, he didn't let thing, everybody know that he was intellectually superior to them because he was a hologram Yes. One thing that I took away that I didn't take away any of the other times that I've watched it was when Bellana was talking to him at the beginning in regards to why are you doing this and looking at it as she was looking to some degree, turning the lights on, leaving the lights on, leaving him on was in the same bucket. Yeah. Yeah. You know, conserving power. Him being on was using power. And they were looking, she was looking at it from efficiency of turn you (laughs) off to save power. Yeah. Like he's a thing. It's a thing. Yes. Like he's a thing. Yeah. Very much so. So let's, let's, let's get a bit, a bit into the. I don't know what these aliens are called. I'm calling them mole aliens. I don't know what the name of them are. I looked it up and they're called the hierarchy. The hierarchy. Oh, okay. That's the name of the alien species as well. Well, right. that's the name of the. Because I know they the were phoning thing. into the hierarchy. Yeah. For it, it never named. I couldn't find anywhere where it named the, the, the species. I'm just going to say the hierarchy yeah. empire. Fair enough. Fair enough. I like your description, Clarence. <laughs> <laughs> the mole people. <laughs> but. Okay, let, let's let's talk about their the way they operate. They you know do deep 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 research to spy and get intelligence on the species before they they go in and attack. Which is like a sound plan. But thoughts on these mole aliens or the hierarchy? Anybody have any thoughts on them? I'm sure you figured out my thought. What's that? They look like the Santarans. I'm sorry. Ah, yeah, they look like they he look kinda... like classic. They look like the classic bad-looking Santarans. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, they they definitely have that Santaran look. Maybe a it, little. It bigger. actually mentions that in the trivia section for this episode in the, on I on the Internet Movie Database. Really, really, huh? That's yeah. interesting. Hmm. You see, this was this was made in the mid '90s, so this would have been during the time Doctor Who was off the air. So this may have been a tip of the hat from Star Trek to. Um, maybe Doctor Who. Maybe, yeah. I look at them as smarter Ferengi. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Every, every time I watch this episode, you know, I think I, Ferengi. I was thinking this. Though, I was thinking they would make some really good Delta Quadrant Ferengi yeah. if they'd use well, this uh, species Delta some Quadrant more. Ferengi. That's how I think of them. Hey, they have no earlobes to rub, so no, they can't be Ferengi. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> but they got the, the conish bald heads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They like to get baked. <laughs> let, <laughs> let let let's get into some more of these dream sequences because because I you know for me that was the fun of this episode seeing these various dream sequences. The one in particular I want to talk about right now is the senior staff in the observation room sequence 
where oh. the doctor <laughs> and, and, and and it's really a reoccurring theme throughout many of the dream the daydreaming sequences is the doctor wanting to be the Mac or the player and get fond upon. <laughs> it, <laughs> it, so freaking hilarious and, and this is my question but i guess it's obvious was it just me or was robert picardo like having a ball during those oh, times yeah absolutely i think they all were having fun with this episode i think they were they, they got to ham it up in every scene i think they yeah. were just <laughs> just living it up for this for the filming of this episode i mean to take up what uh jeremy just said and agree with you the the whole thing of Catherine, I'm Catherine Janeway, you know, doing the putting her arm around his shoulder and rubbing on him and telling Bolana she was dismissed. Yes. (laughs) And and the cattiness of them going at each other was was the fun of it as well. And oh, man, to see Seven, Seven, you know, Seven has (laughs) been very Vulcan like to me up to this point. She's not really been as loose as you as, as she gets by the end of the show but in this episode she is like you know more natural and seems like more jerry ryan and in, in the way she acts you know not what she's doing but in the way she she acts in her mannerisms than than normally yeah it was a it was an interesting time i it, again they just they get in the be a different character than they normal normally are we all do our daily jobs what if we like were able to do something different for a little while, oh, get man. paid the same? That would, you know what I mean? Like that will be refreshing and will make you approach your job a different way later on. So I think that was that kind of helps the cast in a way as well. Yeah. And the dreams continue even to the point where the doctor uh, dreams up one of the one of the things he requests from the captain uh, to be a backup command program in case something catastrophic happens um what do we think about the ech idea good idea i was thinking of picard and as in the the episode picard isn't this where i was saying now it's canon and lore they use this with all the different versions of the doctor and the the pilot and you know the character that was the doctor on the ship that was the doctor the pilot the counselor Mm. it was all these different roles in the same actor the hologram yeah yeah that's because remember Janeway said that she was going to give when give that suggestion that the doctor had to let them investigate it that is cool that's what i'm talking about being canon and lore now so you're saying they Hmm. took that idea and extrapolated to the la serena and all those different versions of reels are kind of like the first (laughs) that's how i took it i can get that i I don't care if that's canon or not it's headcanon now (laughs) i never thought about that Oh man! I mean, it may, I mean, whenever I heard that, I was like, "Well, maybe." Honestly, I, I thought, "Well, maybe that's why this episode was chosen to tie back into Picard because of that direct." That's how I saw it. And, it. and it always feels like you know when it goes back to TNG when you know Data will take over, take command of the ship. Like you kind of expect an android that's programmed with or have downloaded, however he got all the knowledge. He has every bit of knowledge. As Starfleet has, why wouldn't yeah. he make a great commander? Same thing with the doctor. I mean, you just upload Starfleet's command and manual and he knows it front to back. Like, why would that not be a perfect choice for a backup commander or backup captain? That I, I would have expected him to do that a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. I've never really framed in my head the difference between data 
and the doctor until something you said earlier, which was you were describing how the doctor acted. And as you were talking, I was thinking the way they had Brent Spiner do data was an android Pinocchio that was trying to be human. They didn't put that same restriction on Robert Picardo for this EMH. He had a personality fully formed, so he comes out of the box with a personality, but with the same knowledge. And I think that was smart on them for not having him be a mirror data, you know, to where he's totally dry. He's he evolves is yes, but he comes out from the very beginning with a personality kind of ornery and know-it-all and obnoxious. Yeah. But that's because he knew everything. You also see how that can be the downfall too, as, as later in the episode when he finally hits that command chair, he's like, "Uh, you know, all these human emotions (laughs) start rushing in and he's a boring. (laughs) So, so I feel like, of course, that the, the these mole these mole aliens are monitoring the doctor's <laughs> daydreams, and there's definitely a lost in translation factor. What this made me think of, or made me kind of ponder, is how much our intelligence loses things in lost in translation factor. I'm talking about like real life. I mean, um, we're the w- WMDs. <laughs> there's a lot of things that. They're speaking a different language, a different country. Their customs are different. Once we get this intelligence and get in on our end, definitely can seem different than what it was originally intended. And we're we're definitely seeing <laughs> seeing it here where they're monitoring the the doctor's daydreams or cognitive projections, as they put it in the in the episode. So eventually, I guess kind of the the tipping point is when the doctor's daydreams start to bleed over <laughs> into. Real life. I mean, any thoughts on this craziness here? I thought they did an excellent job in the story of going back and forth because it was some points I was kind of wondering, was it dream versus real life? So any, any thoughts on that general craziness? And even where we're getting getting down to, it seems like Belana was playing doctor in this episode, but Belana and, and Kim, as they usually do, and even Seven in this episode, trying to figure out what, what the heck is going on with the doctor. Any thoughts on that descent into craziness there? Doesn't it make you like that made me crazy? <laughs> like, could you imagine what he's going through? Like, can you imagine you wake up from a dream and then you start, you get ready for work and you're getting going about your business and you realize, wait, I'm still dreaming. Yes. So then you like wake yourself up and then you don't, maybe you're dreaming, maybe you're not. And then you can't separate that. I would go insane. And I think he kind of felt that at that moment when, you know, after he went through the, dream of him destroying the Borg and then he comes out, he wakes up from his daydream, he says the wake team is fine he's going back to sick bay, and Chakotay comes out to he thought to get on him for daydreaming yeah. and he's like, you did a great job with the Borg, he's like, oh crap I don't know if I'm dreaming or not Inception. Like he, yeah, exactly, that would make me crazy and I'm sure it's making him crazy, but I think one of the funniest parts of this episode to me was when they finally get him into sick bay and they're behind the force field and he's just transferring one to another. You can't see it, but you hear him talking about it. It's hilarious. Bravo job from Robert Ricardo. Cause he was like walking around, you know, like, yeah. and, you know, it's just a testament to his ability because I mean, he just made the whole thing yeah. believable. With nobody else there. He's, hey, hey, ambassador, how are you? <laughs> Seven, you look nice tonight. Craziness. So, 
Kyle, a question for you, sir. Yes, sir. How comfortable would you be with somebody seeing and, you know, getting a hollow projection of your daydreams? Mm. Would you be down for that? Is that an <laughs> no. invasion of privacy? <laughs> yes. <laughs> do, do I remember my dreams as in sleeping? Absolutely not. So I wouldn't know what I dream because I may re- remember one dream a year. That being said, daydreams, no, I don't want someone peeking in on my daydreams. Oh, man, mm. I, I felt so for, sorry for the doctor because as he's trying to get more responsibility and be a more concrete member of the crew, all of a sudden, all his privacy is invaded upon. And just like the ultimate embarrassment, I mean, these projections that I guess basically the, the bridge crew were saying went from. They they were all wacky, you know. Seven playing uh, paint paint model there, uh, more ECH, more of that, and even the doctor. I think you mentioned earlier, Jeremy, breaking up with Bellana. I mean, what a freaking embarrassment! But as you say, John, kudos to the director because <laughs> or writer, I guess I should say, because that one scene with with the captain seeing the doctor being awarded the medal was so touching. It made up for right. all the bad stuff. It really did. So when they decided they were going to go into the holodeck to figure out what's wrong with him by viewing his daydream, like that wasn't necessary. <laughs> they just right. wanted to know. That ain't <laughs> right, just man. nosy. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, I figured, you know, when I first saw this, I was like, there's no way Captain's going to let them do this. But I think she was just as curious as they were. Scientific <laughs> discovery. <laughs> <laughs> what what does a hollow what does a hologram daydream zeros and ones zeros you dream of electric sheep and I would love to know if if they used any of this when they had to prove he was sentient yeah mm. it, it, it real quick what's even worse um, piggybacking on what you just said Cal is. That they giddily, I think it was Kim that called on the comm. He giddily calls the captain, Captain, you have to see this. You know? <laughs> I'm like, oh, man, Doc. Oh, I feel He's just being messy. Yeah, they were just being messy. That's all that was. There was no need to go see this man's everyday dream to figure out what's wrong with it. <laughs> Come see Naked uh, Seven. I mean, like, what? <laughs> Now, I would have went to see that. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. No doubt. Um, so, so let's, let's, let's jump ahead to the final act. We get the, the uh, I keep forgetting the name of the race you said, Cal. What are they? Suntarchy. The Suntarans <laughs> slash mole people slash uh, whatever they're called. Hierarchy. The hierarchy. We, we, we get to see where the one who initially found the doctor's daydreams that he thought was real intelligence in an effort to uh, keep himself from getting, getting in trouble. He contacts the doctor directly. Let's make a deal. You know, I personally don't think they should have went along with it. It was I, I mean, what, what are your thoughts on that? Because I, I felt like maintaining the illusion was not necessarily the right way to go. I mean, we're going to make the doctor the temporary captain and and let, you know, no command experience. Let him go through his his live his dream and, and try to save the ship, which almost backfired. I mean, to be honest, but, but sh- should they have maintained this illusion? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. They should have. Because what backup did they have? Where is the Federation backup that they can rely on to keep those Federation values intact? That and 
so you know, in Star Trek, this always goes back to what's the right thing to do. The Federation will do the right thing, regardless of what you've done to us. If we can help, if it's a possibility, we can make it better for you. We'll do it. That's what the Federation is. So yeah. the doctor sees this alien that has made a decision based off of the doctor's actions. The doctor decided to do these daydreams and these they were not real. And yeah. those false visions that this alien got was going to ruin his career and maybe his life. Yeah, you're so right. So if the doctor had to put on this show for a little while longer to save the ship and make sure this guy doesn't lose his career in life, then why not do it? And, you know, to be fair, if the doctor hadn't had altered his program to include daydreams, they would not have been in that position right. to begin with. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Those, those daydreams are what caused the hierarchy to penetrate their pro- his program and the doctor is part of the crew and the crew is voyager and the voyager is captain and the captain is responsible for all actions of a crew what yeah. he said yeah what yeah. he said well while you guys are still being nice and i applaud you for being nice, <laughs> i still say self-preservation Uh-oh. say that again i still say self-preservation on the side of the voyager crew yeah yeah i mean and- if all those fails yeah and i was just at, like really touching how this guy was you know you mentioned john he talked about his livelihood but also, this, he over the course of seeing these daydreams, he's grown to love the doctor, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was a cheerleader. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to mention one thing I thought about. We had already moved past it, so I didn't want to bring us back. Oh, but I just want to bring it up. I want to mention this one. So, you know, the opening scene where uh, Tuvok, Tuvok is there listening and the tear comes down his face. Yeah. That's reminiscent of something. So there was an episode of TNG, and I watched it not long ago, where Sarek comes on the ship and they're transporting Sarek to negotiate a, some kind of peace deal. And Sarek goes, and he comes to a concert or something, his opera, actually. Yeah, and you're right. They're singing, and they know there's something wrong with Sarek because he's crying. There's a tear coming down his face. Yeah. So, you know, and I'm thinking, you know, we're asking, do we know if that was real or not starting out? Like, if that was your first time watching it coming from, and you've watched TNG and remember that episode, you see that and you're like, oh man, Tuvok's going through the same thing. So that kind of adds to the realness for you to kind of yeah. give you a bigger surprise. So I just want to throw that out there. 100%. I forgot about that, actually. Didn't Sarek have some disease and the other guy was keeping his mind in check with uh, I think so. Yeah. It's because of his age, he was starting to lose control of his mental abilities his his ability to control his emotions so the younger vulcan was using his telepathy to kind of control it for excellent episode by the way very much so yeah with that guys let's go ahead and get ratings for the episode and let's start with you jeremy 4.8 4.8 from jeremy all right john what do you think man uh Man, it's getting hard to rate these. Uh, five. Oh, wow. Wow. Interesting. Especially from the last episode, I'm interested in, in you jumping up to a five on this one. <laughs> wow. What about you, Cal Jones? Uh, 4.2. 4.2 from Cal. Okay. I think I'm going to rate this one as... Who am I getting five? I love this episode. (laughs) See, I I would love to give this episode a five, but I I feel like there's a, like Kyle said, there's stronger Doctor episodes out there. There are, but man, this is so much fun. And 
I again, like I said up top, I just love spending time with these characters. And we got to see so many, not a bunch, but we got to see different facets of these characters than, than what we usually see in the normal course of the show. And I, I, I'm i here for it. I just have I would have given it a five if I would have gotten in this episode a, I'm Catherine Janeway of the Federation Starship Voyager. I would have given it a five. I didn't get that. So it doesn't get a five. Uh, all right. All right, Cal. Uh, with that, let's go ahead and see what everybody's been working on, listening to, wa- watching whatever podcast later or otherwise. And let's start with you, Cal. What, what have you been into, man? I would point everyone to DiscussingNetwork.com and specifically to an episode of the Extremely Geeked Out podcast with me and Ron Stevens, where we're talking the revival of Milestone Comics. And if you want to know what Milestone Comics are, then check out the episode. Yeah. Jeremy, what about you, man? Any shout outs or anything you've been into lately? Um, I've been playing a lot of Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. And I'm, I'm a completionist, so I haven't beaten it yet because I have to finish out all the quests. And, oh, gosh. Yeah, I'm one of those, <laughs> I'm one of those people. <laughs> but I'm having a good time doing it when I'm actually able to play. So that's my life right now. Awesome sauce. What about you, John? Uh, as always, uh, not much for me other than watching a lot of Trek, uh, going through TNG. So always, if you have nothing else to do, there's nothing better to do than watch Trek. And if you're not watching Trek, then please go back and listen to some of our previous episodes going through our review of the doctor on discussingtrek.com and let us know what you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Let us know which doctor you think is the best. Cause I think DS9 is Dr. Best, but that's just me. Yeah, it's okay we, to be wrong. we have to think about this, how we're going to wrap up. And because and, I wanted to do like a knockdown, drag out, you know, each of us pick a doctor and pick some points and we come and we ballot out in an arena, you know. So so maybe <laughs> yeah. we can maybe we can do that somewhere down the line. But we have lower decks coming up. And I'm going to say if you're into lower decks, I can't say we're positive about our opinion. But if you want to hear our reviews from season one in preparation for season two, they're definitely they definitely can be found at discussingtrek.com. So please go check those out and listen to all. Was it 10 episodes, 10, 10, 10 episodes from last season? Yeah. So uh, definitely go check those out. And I actually want to go back and watch season one again. You know, not too much for commitment with 30. (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's not too much of a commitment with 30 minute episodes so I'm, I'm i'm probably gonna go back and try to watch it before i think this thursday is when the is when the new season starts so i, I guess i'm excited about that and also real quick i'm gonna back up cal by saying go and check out extremely geeked out podcast where they talk all about the return of milestone comics which i've made two purchases based on their recommendations so um i can't wait to actually read those and get into it so I can jump in the chat with them a little bit later down the line. Yeah, I can't wait to hear what you think. And with that said, thank you all for joining and until next time, live long and prosper. listening to the discussing trek podcast for more information go to discussingtrek.com slash subscribe
Hey guys, it's Sergio from Reality Breached. We've got a bunch of different podcasts over on our network at realitybreached.com, and one of my favorites is Shellheads, a TMNT podcast. Shellheads is a deep dive into the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in ways you've never heard before. From the early comic days to the current Nick show, nothing is off limits. Jeff from the Warp Zone Arcade joins me to binge watch and tower read through a comprehensive library of TMNT fandom. Check Shellheads out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. For more details, visit realitybreached.com. You've been listening to the Discussing Network. Find out more at discussingnetwork.com.